Good morning, everyone. You can hear me, right? This is my first time up in this podium, so (laughs) just trying to make sure we have everything taken care of. Today is a special Sunday. Today we honor uh, our seniors that are graduating high school as well as the families. Uh, And so this sermon definitely is geared towards the transition that they're going to make, but it also applies for the church today. You may be surprised that when we're thinking about um, honoring graduates that we might be going to the Old Testament. Um, But I I chose this text very carefully, and I thought about it for a long time, and I think you'll see why as we get into it. Uh, Go ahead and advance the the next slide. Let me give you some background. Most... uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30, we're getting on to the end of Moses' career as the leader of Israel. We are getting to the end of Moses' life. God had already told Moses that he's not going to be able to enter into the promised land. But Moses is already thinking ahead to the people of Israel, and he knows how hard and how difficult it's going to be for them to remain faithful to God. And so... Moses has finished giving the law at Moab again, and he understands what awaits them in their conquest of the land and how difficult it will be for them to remain true. So, he gathers the people together and he charges them to remember God by holding a renewal ceremony once they've entered the land. So the plan is, once Moses is gone, once Joshua has become leader, for the Israelites to go into the land and to get a foothold, but then for them to have a renewal ceremony so that they remember God and they know whose they are and they know who they represent. That was the plan. In Deuteronomy chapter 27, the Israelites are together, and Moses tells them that in this renewal ceremony, half of the Israelites will stand on the slopes of Gerizim, and the other half will stand on the slopes of Ebal. In the middle between them should be the Ark of the Covenant and the Levites. The group on the mountain Ebal are to amen or confirm and repeat the curses that would befall someone if they forgot God. The group on Gerizim were to amen and confirm or repeat the blessings God promises for their faithful obedience. Uh, I have right here a picture of what Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal would look like today. Uh, I'm guessing this is a satellite picture. There's about a mile in between these two mountains, which may sound like a long way because these Levites are going to have to shout pretty loud to be heard. But this actually creates a natural amphitheater. And it was the perfect place for all Israel to be gathered and be heard by just a single person with the ark in the middle. Everyone would have a great uh, way of viewing the Levites and the ark, and no one would have to um, be guessing as to what's going on. So this is uh, Mount Gerizim, uh, this is the one with the blessings, and Mount Ebal, the one with the curses. Go ahead to the next slide. This is a different view of the two places. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, God provides divine blessings as a reward if they obey the voice of the Lord their God. Every aspect of their life will be blessed from their family to their work, to their livelihood. God promises that all these things will be assuredly theirs as long as they do not turn aside from God, as long as they don't pursue other false gods. 
Now, conversely, if the Israelites do forget, and if they do wander away from God, if they do disobey him, the opposite things come true. And everything from their livelihood to their work to their family will go very poorly. These curses in this chapter are very severe. They are very frightening and very terrifying. Uh, One commentary that I read from uh, suggested that this is to reflect heaven and hell that are to become our afterlife. That if you obey God here in this world right now, you can have a taste of heaven, of all the blessings that God gives to you. But if you disobey God here in this world right now, you're going to have a taste of hell because life won't be going good for you. The way God has ordered and set up this world, if you obey God and do as he says, things go well for you. Deuteronomy chapter 29, Moses recalls times that God has pulled them out of very low places in life, namely uh, when God uh, brought them out of Egypt in the Exodus. Now the point here is that God has always fulfilled his promises. Not a single one has been dropped. God did miracles in Egypt and bested the gods of Egypt. He fought against Israel's mighty army in a landslide victory. He led his people through the wilderness. And now he promises them that if they obey, if they are faithful, and if they remember God, they will inherit this land and things will be prosperous for them. God's people are on the brink of the next chapter. And Moses warns them, do not lean to the right or to the left. Deuteronomy chapter 30, Moses and God know that there are people who are going to turn away from him. They will incur the curses and misfortune that accompany uh, those who reject God. But that does not have to be the end. Because God continues to call people to him. And even in this state of life, even with these curses attached to you, you can still be broken free of them. And you can still receive God's blessings. You can still turn. Which brings us to Deuteronomy chapter 30, 11 through 20. This is Moses' final charge. I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. It is very real and very possible to live a life that pleases and honors God. God hasn't made it difficult. You don't need to swim into the ocean to go find out how to please God. You don't need to climb the tallest mountain to go and find out how to please God. God has made it very accessible to us. It is entirely possible. However, the problems are that all of these voices that we hear in our life try to take us away. The problem is our own selfishness that believes that we can do it all on our own. We have a choice. Do we choose the path for life or do we choose the path for death? Next slide, please. Remember, Israel is to... uh, Oh, one more. Thank you. Remember, Israel is to do this renewal when they enter the promised land. So we'll fast forward to uh, the beginning of the book of Joshua. Joshua now leads the people, and they are to enter into the land of Canaan, and they are to begin their conquest. This is their new chapter in life. The first order of business is to take over the city of Jericho. Now, the city of Jericho is very, very special because it's sort of a first fruits offering to God. 
and it is to be considered devoted to destruction. That means nothing should be left, nothing should be taken, nothing should be preserved. Just like the offerings that are put into the fire on God's altar, there should be nothing left. They should be totally consumed. And this is the honor to God. But something goes wrong. After the city of Jericho is destroyed, a man named Achan takes some possessions from Jericho and hides them away. Achan rejects God in secret, or what he thought was secret. But God turned away from Israel. God was not in the battle against Ai. The battle of Ai that was supposed to be a landslide victory for the Israelites turned into a landslide victory for Ai. What a terrible, terrible loss. This, I think, shows us how very serious God is when he pronounces blessings and curses for us to follow. Israel was following the path of of blessing. They did exactly what God commanded when they got to Jericho. But they made a different choice when it came to the possessions of Jericho. They listened to the voice of other things. They listened to their own selfishness that said that we can do things all on our own. And God did turn away. And the, the battle was a terrible loss. After Achan's sin had been dealt with, Joshua calls the people to again fulfill their promise to Moses. This is Joshua chapter 8. Joshua takes Israel to the two mountains and splits them just as Moses said to do. Joshua reads again of all the promises of the blessings and curses, and he renews the covenant that Israel had just broken. It was a meaningful and powerful way for Israel to remember who they were and whose they were and who they represent. Now, uh, go ahead and go to the next slide, please. This charge that Moses gives, this, this uh, blessings and curses, while most of it pertains to the, the specific nation of Israel, this charge goes out to all who would be God's people. The charge to remember God and put him in the center is the same charge to all who would be God's people. In this world, there are a lot of things that are tempting, things that look good. It's easy to forget to check with God what is right and what is wrong. Some things feel right, but in fact dishonor God. Now, Israel had a very difficult time focusing on God and making him the number one priority, and we see this throughout their history. This isn't the only time that they have to renew themselves. They do this pretty frequently. And the same thing is true in our lives. This is something we have to do every once in a while, periodically, And there's no better time to do it than at the beginning of a new chapter. So here are the things that Israel struggled with. Israel struggled with idolatry. The center of our lives is what we choose to build around. The thing that we choose to pursue is our priority. Our culture has placed success and popularity at its center. This is not God. This is a God. This is idolatry. As God's people, we are to put him at the center. But oftentimes, we put our hope and trust in money, success, popularity, or a variety of other things. Idolatry is not just something Israel struggled with. Idolatry is something that we can struggle with, too. 
Israel also struggled with selfishness. Not only Achan, but the entire nation of Israel in the future tried to slip in their selfishness. And we read about this in the Minor Prophets quite a bit. The Levites, the ones who were supposed to be priests, who were supposed to be teachers of the law, were in fact the ones who were taking advantage of the people the most. They did this thinking that God would be okay with it, or that God wouldn't find out, or that perhaps God might just be too lazy to do anything about it. But if we know anything from what Moses told us, God has been faithful in every single one of his promises. God does not let a single one of them drop. Israel veered to the left and to the right in pursuit of things that they wanted for themselves, but which were totally off the path that God had for them. Israel also struggled to know that God means business. And I put this in quotes because it doesn't really, it's kind of a modern expression. But God is very serious when he gives blessings and he gives curses. This is something that he actually holds to. God meant it when he gave Israel boundaries. When Israel sinned, God wasn't with them in the battle. God makes claims on our lives that are impossible to ignore. We don't live our way thinking God got it wrong. These are the problems. These are things that Israel struggled with. These are things that we can struggle with as well. But here's the fix. Moses' final charge, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. It is very real and very possible to live a life that pleases and honors God. God has not made it difficult. The problems are all of the other voices that try to take us away and our own selfishness that believes we can do it on our own. With the coming of Jesus, God's people became those who are baptized into Christ, the church. Every week we gather together. Every week we renew our covenant. Every week we remember God. We remember to place him first. Every week we gather together as members of God's people and encourage and spur each other on to remember him and place him first. This is how we renew our covenant with God. This is how we keep each other focused. The whole church is to be involved in each other's life. Galatians chapter 6 verses 1 and 2 say that we ought to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says that we should build each other up. Therefore, together as the body of Christ, let us choose life and choose to put God at the center. Now, I've gone ahead and taken the liberty of issuing a challenge, and it's challenge number the next one. (laughs) Uh, Whichever one that happens to be. But here's what I want you to do, and, and this is, like Moses would say, this is not too far from you. You don't need to swim to the ocean to do this. You can do this right here. You could even do it today if you so chose to do, but you have a whole week. My challenge to you is that if you are in uh, the age bracket of college and below, which, you know, people who are in college, seniors, um, even grade school people, I want you to go out and meet a person who is beyond that, and I want you to learn the story of how they became a Christian. I also want you to ask about what faith means to them, too. I don't know if I put that up there or not. Yeah, how their faith has grown. If you are out of college and above, we have a a little bit of a different challenge for you. I want you to get involved and encourage two teens this week. 
Uh, this could mean perhaps taking them out to eat, encouraging them, giving advice, um, anything that you can think of. This has very uh, a, a large variety of ways that you can do this. But I want you to encourage two teens this week. Now, seniors, I didn't forget you. This is Senior Sunday. This is uh, a very special Sunday because we are commemorating uh, your new chapter. And if it hasn't become clear already, I want to point out how the Israelites beginning a new chapter, going into this promised land, is very similar to the kind of transition that you will be making. Moses had been with the people the entire time. He was there even when he was a prince of Egypt. He helped take them out of Egypt. He helped them wander through the wilderness. Moses was always there. But Moses is not going to be there much longer. A new person will rise up. A new person will take lead and issue or uh, usher in this new period and phase of Israel's uh, life. So seniors, as you enter your new phase of life, remember several things. Your relationship with God, perhaps for the very first time, is about to become entirely yours. Whether you drift far away from God or you draw close to him is going to be your choice. You're going to be surrounded, uh, hopefully by friends, perhaps family, just depending on where you go. But your faith, if not already, is going to become yours. Do not forget God. Make him the center of your life. Let everything you do be based on God's will. Filter all of your decisions by what would bring God honor. Placing God first in your life will grant you blessings, but putting God away to the side to make way for the world will bring you sorrow. Don't be like Israel and do not wait to remember God until something has happened. Number two, remember who you are and whose you are. If you've been baptized and have become a Christian, you are a child of God. You're part of God's kingdom. You've been bought for a price. You've been crucified with Christ. You no longer live. The life that you now live, you live for God's glory. So, love God so much that you make your personal decisions based on God. Be godly even when no one is looking and there is no one to know the difference. This can be extremely hard, especially with all the voices that come in our life. But remember that God sees what you do, and he will reward what you have done in secret. God also sees other things that we do in secret, too. God saw Achan and the sin that he committed. So give honor to God, even when no one else will. And I want to go ahead and tell a story about um, an adult friend that I have in my life. His name is Travis. And uh, he went to a a Home Depot store, hardware store, and was looking around with one of the employees for a particular part that he needed. And, and I can't remember for the life of me what part that was, but whatever it was, he was holding it in his hand, and he dropped it or it kind of bumped into something, and it got damaged. And the employee said, oh, don't worry about it. You know, just put it back on the shelf or give it to me. I'll, I'll take it back, you know, into the back room and, and no one will know. Don't, don't worry about it. And I, I will always remember what Travis said. Travis said, no, thank you. My integrity is worth more than $40. 
seniors, as you go in, into uh, this new period of, of life, um, remember who and whose you are. Remember that your integrity is worth the most in this life. Choosing the path of life is worth much more than anything this world could possibly give to you. Number three, remember to plug in with a church and make use of your talents. There is no such thing as a Christian apart from the church. You can't just go be a disciple of Christ by yourself. You're supposed to be with the church. You're supposed to be using your gifts. Like the parable of the talents, we are to use the gifts that God has given us and not remain idle. Be a vibrant member of God's church wherever you go. Participate and serve. We must stay connected, especially if we are alone in our work or school environment. Number four, remember to go to those you consider as your spiritual mentors when things get tough. It's not really a matter of if things get tough. It's a matter of when things get tough. And when things get tough, we need to remember where and who to go to. You may feel indifferent. You may begin to feel overwhelmed and confused. You may even feel disappointed. All of these things in relationship to being a Christian or the church. For whatever reason, do not let these tough times be the end. Remember, God is always calling to you, and even if you have curses in your life, God can free you again. And God can bring you back to the path of life. Remember where to go for help when times of, uh, tough times come. Your Christian brothers and sisters and your spiritual mentors. Next slide, please. This is Moses' final charge, and it's the charge that I give to you. Not just the church, but specifically to the seniors who are entering this new phase of life. Today, I have set before you life and death, good and evil. And I pray that as you go out, you don't wait to remember God. I pray that you make him first and foremost in your life. And I pray that you shine as a light in this world today. I pray that you choose life. In a few seconds, we're going to stand and sing a song. And uh, we'll be singing a song about... um, Actually, I don't even remember. (laughs) I don't even remember. (laughs) It's It's been a long, crazy week for me. Anyway... But I invite you, uh, if you have any need, that you make it known to to the elders. And I ask that you um, be a light and encourage our teens, especially our seniors. Let's go ahead and stand and sing.